y'all, Scott here. I'm leaving the door open now. I don't know, it was fun. Been on a good streak lately. Air jump the shark. I have it all now. Scoliosis, mitosis, bed bugs, bed bats. Oh, I got some free time to kill as I heal up. I might be able to actually play some of these games here. Or shapes. Fuck them. They make everything more complicated. Without shapes, I wouldn't care about the Wii U and GameCube boxes being the same. Dang! You ever have those things with a medium you enjoy that you overly care about that nobody else seems to? Think you're a big fan of numbers? Man, you're really into seven. I have that thing with video games. Yeah, I should care more about what's inside the box, but man, I'm too busy wondering what the hell these letters are on Mario Sunshine's cover. I love playing video games, but sometimes I love everything surrounding them just as much. I love the little details of the art, the marketing, what these things are gonna look like on my shelf. And when a new console is releasing, it's pretty much on par with expecting a child. You have to get the room all prepared for the arrival picturing what it'll look like next to the rest of your children in Sega Saturn. It's a big deal. This will be your life for the next hour until you get bored, so it's important to plan ahead. And what makes that easier is when they reveal what the game boxes for that system are gonna look like. Dog shit. They look like dog shit. Every game system has what I like to call the box art templates. The people behind the game create their own art to represent their product, but they have to take into consideration the fact that their art had to slide onto this here template to sell a copy. All Nintendo Switch games look like this, art with an eyesore in the corner. All GameCube games look like this, art with love handles. All 3 games look like this for some reason. All systems follow a template with their physical games and use specific containers so virginity doesn't spread. How many will probably say, Scott, that doesn't matter. Well, neither does life. Live with it. Sure, no single box art template excites me now. I've mellowed out over the years. But this stuff legitimately interests me. I love seeing the differences between packaging on each console, how you can represent an entire system's objectives and brand via a simple box with enough room for custom artwork to flourish. Making sure the packaging design of any product is clear enough to denote exactly what it's for is important. Using the logic of it doesn't matter basically means everything on a store shelf should be in a blank cardboard box. Who cares what's inside anyways? I just want to buy the PS4 Spider-Man. Well, that's a gun. So let's take a look at all the major consoles throughout history and rate their packaging templates starting with the Magnavox Odyssey. I do like Seven. Being the first game console uh, ever, the Odyssey was a true revolution, offering different games by plugging in different cartridges with an asterisk after every word there. This means nothing to me. Let's move over to the Atari 2600, where they had a variety of different box art designs. There wasn't a true standard. Pretty much every game publisher had their own design templates for not only the boxes, but sometimes the cartridges as well. These are all Atari 2600 games. They're like snowflakes. It's hard to tell what game system many of these cartridges are for, which I think is one of the major reasons box art was sort of standardized across each console afterwards. Some of these games barely even mention the system, so this is what it's like to have a gluten allergy. Now, the Atari published games usually followed the same templates. However, they did change it up quite a bit over time. Uh, colored borders with big art, colored borders with small art, silver borders with big art, silver borders with small art, and the cartridges themselves range from the same damn thing as the boxes to a thesis statement. The lack of consistency across not only Atari 2600 boxes, but pretty much most game consoles around this time definitely added to some confusion consumers faced when it came to video games. The fact that all of these games are for different consoles and you can barely tell was a problem. But the lack of consistency across the board wasn't really an issue when you got it in your home. Does it really matter that this Atari box looks different from this Atari box? No, because everybody just threw these boxes away. They were cardboard. It's not like you'd gain anything from keeping a box and living in the 70s. I will say though, the box art templates that allowed the artwork to shine 
shine while also clearly denoting that, yes, this is in fact a waste of time, are definitely the best, as these ones where 70% of the space is taken up by anything but the game in question are fans of the term not ideal. Imagine being surrounded by 10 inches of silver and saying, I matter. Either these game boxes didn't tell you what console the game was for, or it couldn't get enough of telling you what console the game was for. Something had to change, and who better than Sega to fuck up this good? The 8-bit era is upon us, out with the garbage cardboard boxes and in with Nintendo, you swine. The boxes for the NES followed a similar format to Atari's, most of Nintendo's own offerings would use the same template, while third parties were left on their own. At the very least, each licensed game for the NES featured the distinct Nintendo logo and the Nintendo seal of quality, which makes it fairly obvious what system these are for. But Nintendo did follow a few templates themselves with their box art, most notably the black box games. See, there was a problem with a lot of Atari titles. You'd see this box and end up getting catfished. Nintendo had no shame with showing consumers exactly what the game was gonna look like on the box itself, so many of their early titles for the console followed the black box template. Space looking background, angled title, taking sprites from the game and cram them all together, genre. I mean, yeah. This is what a graphic and pinball looks like, but seeing this on its own does not make me think pinball. Some of these games just do not lend themselves well to the black box template. The sports games, arcade games, sure, those are easily understandable based on the one screenshot they use, but when you get to the funky shit like Clue Clue Land, white kids saw this box and said, Mom, that one. Nintendo actually kept using this format for a few titles, changing it up with a silver background for Metroid and Kid Icarus. But as time went on and the NES was more accepted by society and people sort of knew better what to expect from the games they bought, the black box template was no longer needed and we got some more elaborate designs. No clear template was used for a while outside of sometimes having a tagline in the corner or something. But then, they introduced the Nintendo Entertainment System header. It was red and small. Like ants. They finally got around to standardizing the look of NES games and boxes with this simple header and it only took them until people stopped giving a shit. This style of NES box art started being used around the time the Super Nintendo became a thing. Great. So NES boxes looked pretty inconsistent, but at least the cartridges are all in the same boat. I love the designs of these things. You have the little indent making it easy to pull off the shelf. They stand up well in multiple ways, making them a dream to store and not play. The labels are the perfect size, extending to the side, showing off the title, with many of the logos being big enough to be easy to read, but not too easy, thank God. These cartridge designs are fantastic. The boxes could have been a bit more standardized, but at the very least, it made way for some amazing art. And hey, if we want something that has the exact opposite strengths and weaknesses, let's check out the Sega Master System, my best nightmare. So, this is innovative, a plastic case. The cardboard boxes may have been more cost effective, but everybody just checked those in the trash once they plucked the game out. The Master System's boxes were hard plastic with places to store the game and instruction manual making people realize, oh God, I have responsibilities. It's time to take care of your games. Put them up on the shelf, keep them in a safe container. It'll keep it safe, I swear. In regards to the plastic case, the Master System truly innovated. Everything else, where do I begin? The general format of the Master System's box art was graph paper, blue text, clip art, you're welcome. This doesn't feel like a video game, this feels like homework. And then when we pop the box open and look at the cartridge design, they go to all this trouble of extending the label off to the side, but they don't write the name of the game on it? What's the point of the label extending then? As time went on, many Master System games had more elaborate box art while still maintaining the general aesthetic, though in other regions, the box art template would sometimes vary. That's the thing. Based on where you are in the world, they'd oftentimes have different templates for the game cases. 
I mean, over in Japan, the Japanese equivalent to the NES, the Famicom, was just a giant color and shape mystery show in terms of what the boxes and cartridges looked like. But with the introduction of the Game Boy, things were finally starting to become standardized. This is a Game Boy game box in North America and Europe, featuring a fat sidebar denoting Game Boy. The sides of the cardboard box were generally just the game in question's logo. The Game Boy boxes may have been pretty basic, but they got the job done and were incredibly effective. As years went on, it was becoming less and less ideal to just have whatever you felt like denote what system your game was for on the box. Sure, NES games would always say, this is for the Nintendo Entertainment System, but it would normally be in a completely different spot each and every time. As more and more systems were coming out, you had to be clear as day what system your game was for. In Japan, Game Boy boxes were slightly different, but were generally labeled as Game Boy in the corner. I mean, they weren't as loud as they were over here. The Game Boy logo is so big on our boxes, it's like they were expecting consumers to refuse to believe this was on Game Boy. Oh, no, this can't be! Moving on to the Sega Genesis, they kept with the plastic cases the Master System had, go them. And instead of regular graph paper, they inverted it. Absolutely classic looking boxes here. The black background feels so Genesis. The white background of the Master System boxes felt so out of place, like they just spun a wheel and decided, yep, that's what we're doing today. Not only does the coloring fit the tone of the Genesis, but we get much more fleshed out artwork for some games, unlike the singular PNG of many Master System ones. Here's my problem though, while this template was pretty standardized across the library, it wasn't standardized. Various games, even Sega published ones, used completely different templates, sometimes having full spreads of artwork across the spine. Even the games that used the same templates didn't follow them one-to-one. -one. The Sega Genesis logo changes size and placement constantly. The size of the artwork on the front is different on various games. The placement of the UPC code is always up in the air. It's not a big deal. It's incredibly easy to tell what's a Genesis game and what's not. It's just weird they'd set a template for Genesis boxes, but wouldn't follow it 100%. At least most of the cartridges are pretty in line with each other. Except for the ones done by Electronic Arts, those look completely different. And balls. It's a long story as to why some companies made different looking Genesis cartridges, even when they were officially endorsed by Sega themselves. To sum it up, basically, some companies, specifically EA, wanted a better licensing agreement when it came to releasing their games on the Sega Genesis. Sega basically told them, what are you gonna do, reverse engineer the Genesis and find a way to make your own game cartridges so you can release as many Genesis games as you want without our involvement? Guess what happened? Sega so didn't want to lose out on the profits with these companies and reluctantly gave them their seal of approval, and that's why some Genesis games have a tart yellow mole. After a while, Sega introduced a new style of Genesis packaging, this one taking cues from the Game Boy boxes, featuring a large banner on the side denoting, guess who? This new style was red all over and I do quite like it. While the black boxes are far more endearingly retro, these simply look really nice. Like ants. The tone of red color and stripes change a bit between boxes alongside the Genesis logos, but these look really cool next to each other until they cheaped out. Later in the Genesis's life, Sega opted out of the plastic cases and went with cardboard. Are you kidding me? While they feature the same red template, this is an obvious downgrade in every way. Nintendo save me, you son of a bitch. The Super Nintendo game boxes were horizontal. Good. All SNES games had this large border around the box with just a ton of shapes that make sense. Here's a triangle, here's some square, 16 dots. Sure, that's a cute reference to the Super Nintendo being 16 bits, but why this way? We also have the Super Nintendo logo that was barely used over here. It's supposed to represent the four face buttons, but this thing was so much more prominent in Europe and Japan. The SNES box template is iconic, but actually critically looking at it, 
Man, this is odd. You have this giant slab of square covering up part of the artwork just to give some BS tagline. I like the look of it overall. Like, you know this is a Super Nintendo game, but it feels a lot more abstract than something like the Game Boy or Genesis's offerings. It feels like so much real estate is being taken up by just pure black and no artwork when they could have just had the Super Nintendo logo and that's it. Not to mention, there's still cardboard which made them prime candidates to be trash. However, in Europe, the boxes were far simpler, except they needed to make 100% sure Europeans knew this was the PAL version of the Super Nintendo games. Do you think they know where they live? And over in Japan, the Super Famicom boxes were, oddly enough, in a vertical orientation and had far more space to let the art flourish. Just a logo or two denoting it's a Super Famicom game. No where racing becomes an adventure anywhere in sight. But taking a look at the cartridges, these are terrible. European and Japanese games for the Super Nintendo and Super Famicom had no end labels, so putting them on a shelf, only God knows what these are. Thankfully, North American cartridges have end labels, and I've gone half a sentence without bitching, that won't do. I am not a fan of how small these labels are and the colors they chose for them. Nearly all Super Nintendo games have black labels with dark colored fonts. A couple that with how small these things are, and it's honestly really hard to read these things from only a small length away. Compare that to the NES games, all these labels are incredibly easy to read and they're the perfect size. I will gladly take the most likely to be the first person to bitch about the SNES and labels award, thank you. Game Gear. Well, you got this Master System-like design, then a staircase design, and then you got this Genesis-like one, and that's all I'm willing to say about the Game Gear. What the hell is this, 3DO? Why is this packaging three times taller than a regular CD case? They don't even take advantage of the fact this thing is county-sized. The 3DO logo is just this tiny thing in the corner. They stacked the manual above the disc for no reason. At least you'll know 100% this is a 3DO game. If the sun is blocked, well, you know what target started selling. Now, this is just one form of 3DO packaging. There was another where the game would come in a standard CD jewel case inside a box the size of this thing. What is this? Oh, yeah, fucking pointless. Game companies believe they had to make their packaging as large as possible to attract customers, especially over here in North America. So when games started appearing on CDs, they had to overcompensate. <laughs> discs. You ever have older people say to you, man, nobody uses these things anymore. Why, somebody your age probably doesn't even remember this. Um, I'm 12, not 8. The Sega CD add-on for the Sega Genesis used these piles of human garbage, and they aren't even people, which is impressive. So these cases are kind of cool, but they feel so fragile. And they're so big with not much inside to really keep it all together if you drop it or something. Sure, standard CD cases are sort of fragile too, but at least they're easy to replace. Who has four of these in their car at all times? The design here is very much supposed to replicate the red Genesis boxes, except this time being blue. They still do have that annoying thing where the Sega CD logo is off-centered on a few games and not all of them use this casing. Earlier titles used cardboard boxes with a standard-sized jewel case inside. What? If Sega was so forward-thinking with the plastic cases for cartridges, why did they use cardboard boxes for CDs? I mean, sure, they came in a jewel case inside, but still. And then when Sega decided to actually use these bulky-ass, fragile cases for Sega CD games, why did they decide to shift back over to cardboard for Genesis? And when they released the 32X add-on, why did they only use cardboard for that? I mean, again, the design here is just like the other ones, except yellow, but why was the Doom box the only one to print the 32X logo upside down? The cartridges are terrible. I mean, they look edible and they have no end labels. That makes it even more confusing as to why they went with cardboard boxes for 32X. I mean, with Genesis, I'd say most people kept their cases because they were hard plastic and those you could just put on the shelf like a book, being able to see which game is which by the spines. If anything, the Genesis games didn't need end labels because you had the cases, but now that you have 
these containers most people just threw away, that's when you don't use end labels? When people are more likely to have the cartridge and nothing else? But yeah, the 60D cases. Boo. They aren't terrible, but I always feel like they're about to fall apart. I do like using the cover art as a manual. That's incredibly resourceful and something CD-based games would usually do all the time. Overseas, the Sega CD or Mega CD over there use standard CD-sized cases, which is what makes the most sense. But making sense doesn't make sense in the video game industry, now does it? Even the PlayStation started things off weirdly. The initial batch of games would come in long boxes. Either they were the exact same thing as the Sega CD cases, or they were this weird plastic case with the artwork glued on top. And the spines. Why is the word PlayStation in this direction? Now, they did end up updating things to just standard jewel cases, and these are just so much more logical. You can easily replace the cases, the design is incredibly simple, but it looks nice. And over in Japan, they had the logo in any corner they pleased, and in Europe, they put the banner on the bottom and made the cases buff as shit. I mean, the PlayStation box art sort of ripped off the original Game Boy box art. But everything comes together quite well here, in my opinion. And the Sega Center's just off there doing its thing. Yup, the exact same case was used as the Sega CD. Still overly large, still pretty fragile. I mean, these are kinda cool, but I'm looking at these from a practicality point of view, and there is none. The Sega Saturn case designs are white with a logo that looks like it was made in KidPix 3D. It really does show how they were trying to push how the Sega Saturn is 3D, guys, we swear. It's not bad looking, though it's obviously aged more than the PlayStation packaging design and even the Sega CDs. And it especially looks outdated when we compare it to the Japanese Sega Saturn cases. Standard jewel cases, classy logo, it's got it all. The European style is most similar to the North American packaging, though they went for a black aesthetic. Isn't it odd to see how things change like this between regions for seemingly no reason? Especially the cases. Now, I may not be fond of the long-form clear plastic ones, but they are gods compared to what Europe got. Cheap plastic that barely held anything, let alone air. At that rate, I would've almost preferred going back to simple cardboard boxes. I said almost. The Nintendo 64 was still using disposable packaging, showing how even when it was an innovative console, in many regards, it was stuck in the past. These are very similar to the Super Nintendo's boxes, same dimensions and everything, though the new design is more colorful and less obtrusive. Way more room for the art, and I do like how most games have differently colored sides, representing the colors of the N64 logo. Of course, Nintendo was getting antsy to tell everybody what was only available on their platforms at the time. This started on the Super Nintendo with this giant magma leak and with this disgusting font on Super Metroid's box. Here on 64, it's just a simple curl of a page, which is cute. But when we take out the cartridge, why is this even a problem? Why did they get rid of the end labels? The differences between regions on N64 are similar to that of the Super Nintendo. Europe has a larger border and weirdly makes it look like they took most of the North American art, shrunk it, and put another border around it. Okay. And like the Super Famicom, the N64's Japanese box art was vertically oriented with a small N64 logo in the corner. See, that's what's weird. Either the box art template is huge because they just didn't trust consumers having problem-solving skills, or it's so small it's nearly non-existent. Take, for example, the Nintendo 64's disk drive ad on the 64DD. These games are in proprietary jewel case-like packaging, and what denotes them as 64DD exclusives is a spot the difference. No wonder now when games on specific versions of consoles are released, they have to make 10,000% sure people know the difference. Virtual Boy! What do you want me to say? The North American boxes are weird. I guess the background's supposed to represent retinas. It's all red and blue, and the game cartridges all use the same background art and have this very specific dust cover. The Japanese ones, for some reason, replicate the North American Game Boy-style packaging. 
was not expecting that. Let's retaliate by not discussing any further. The Game Boy Color packaging was pretty much a repeat of the original Game Boys, except this time doing the whole Sega Saturn thing of using kid picks. Other than that, they're the same thing, except of course in Japan where they ripped off the PlayStation 1 box art. See, it's all coming full circle. The Dreamcast was an odd one. Of course, standard CD cases, but the design of the boxes, we have some with a white curve and a triangle representing the look of the Dreamcast console itself with the Sega Dreamcast logo as far as humanly left as it could be. Then we have these black ones, no triangle, smaller curve, and these ones have the Dreamcast logo on the curve itself. I believe the black cases came to be the standard later in the system's life. I initially thought a black game represented that this game is for far more mature audiences, and then I saw Chicken Run had it and reacted accordingly. Remember these double pack cases? PS1 had these as well. They were always for games with more than one disc, and for some reason they decided to give the game two spines. At least this way it blends into your collection quite well instead of just having a thicker case, but I don't have two Shenmue's, dammit. Practicality-wise, these are terrible. Both of the Dreamcast box art designs are pretty alright, though I would have preferred if they took one or the other and not switch over to black halfway through. And for some reason, I just always feel weird when the templates use a very strong curve like this. It just feels like it cuts off more of the art this way, I guess. In Europe, oh my god, what system is this for? Not only do we have the Dreamcast logo on the left, but also taking up 90% of the top. In Japan, Dreamcast games were the size of North American ones, but came with these paper covers for the spines. Great. That's kind of cool, it makes you feel like these are more premium, but makes it far easier for a Japanese Dreamcast game to be incomplete when you buy one. You have to sound like an idiot telling the seller, well, I'm not buying it without the spine hat. It's completely pointless. Japanese Sega Saturn games had these as well, and they just make it more difficult to keep your games 100% all together. There's a simple little Dreamcast logo in the corner, which is something I'm sure you've noticed Japanese games do a lot. Just a simple logo in the corner, nothing crazy, they respect your intelligence. Overseas? Do you think they get it? PlayStation 2 games. I never really cared for how these looked. Now, functionally, they're fine. They get the job done perfectly. I just always felt they looked really cheap. I don't really care for how the spines look. That white box for the PlayStation logo looks like they went on Google Images, thought the image was transparent, and went, whoops, fuck it. They basically took the standard PlayStation box, turned it into a DVD case, brought the logo to the top, called it a day. They do have a spot for the memory cards, which is Nice. I never use this. Outside of that holster, these are pretty much just standard DVD cases. Makes it really easy to replace these things, while also making them feel sort of cheap and generic. Well, at least Europe has our back. But do they, though? The PlayStation 2 logo here is bigger for some reason. Is there really a reason for it to be this way? Was this box just not clear enough that it was for PlayStation 2? It's not even bigger by an obvious amount. So why is it bigger in the first place? And the entire case is blue. Of course it is. I mean, blue is kind of part of the PS2's brand. The original box is blue, and that's it. But is that really a good reason to go with a blue box? This matches nothing, and, and why do the spines look like this? It looks unfinished. And all European PlayStation 2 games are like this. Now, I do enjoy consistency with spines, but I like it when the consistency remains consistent with the brand. What are they trying to say with this? Why is the case blue with the logo bigger and the spine white with bold aerial text? And then for the budget re-releases, I mean, I already have a problem with those, but for the PlayStation 2 in Europe, oh my god. So now the case is silver, the logo's silver, spine is black with silver text. Now, this looks better than the standard cases, but I'm still appalled how it looks next to a standard game. In Japan, they followed the format of the North American games, thankfully, though for their budget releases, they changed the f 
out of the colors for some reason. Gold, yellow with silver cases, can you believe these are all for the same console? Game Boy Advance followed a very similar format to previous Game Boy box art, though Japan's take was more like miniature Super Nintendo boxes. Here overseas, cardboard label on the left, the sides of the box just have the game's logo. This time the banner is rounded and almost looks like stainless steel, and one thing I always found peculiar about these boxes is the only four triangle, denoting that this is an exclusive game you can only play on Game Boy Advance. That's good to know, and lots of systems have that on their games. The thing is, pretty much every Game Boy Advance game said this. Games that also released on consoles still said only four Game Boy Advance. Why? I assume because in terms of handheld versions of said game, yeah, it was the only one. That's why for games that also released on the N-Gage, they couldn't say only four. Let's talk about that, f**k it, I have time. The N-Gage was Nokia's cell phone handheld game console hybrid. You could use it as a phone, but why would you do that when you could play games on it? But why would you do that when you could use it as a phone? I should just stop doing. The games came in... Oh my god, a plastic case for handheld games? This is incredible, it's a nice size, protects the game quite well. I think using a plastic case for your games really does wonders to making it feel more premium. It feels like an actual game, while in comparison, Game Boy Advance games felt like a cheap thrill, just throw away the packaging like a toothbrush, who cares? It has an interesting banner design on the front and spine, the silver case looks nice, and on the inside, there is so much room for activities. Two slots for games, and it comes with a carrying case that holds four more games. Why did they do this? I have no idea! I mean, two slots, that makes sense, but including a whole-ass carrying case for four more games? Why not just four more game card slots? But whatever. The big problem, though, is the game card holder. It is so tight, you just can't pop the game out. If I do, then I almost feel like I'm gonna snap the card in half. No, you have to pull these things apart with two fingers and then use a third finger to wiggle the game out. This is a three-finger job. Now, moving on to the GameCube. Fellas, I think I found it. I think this is my favorite video game packaging of all time. It's perfect. So first up, this game case as a whole, rock solid. So many other cases I come across are cracked and have pieces missing, they're basically falling apart. Hell, brand new games that just released, half the time when I open up the package, there's like a solid 60% chance there's gonna be broken plastic in the box. The disc spindle is broken, the manual holder is out of commission, it's a mess. Game boxes nowadays are so cheap, but the GameCubes, I have yet to find a single box that's broken like that. Pinner is so nice looking, so sleek and cool. Sure, it is curved, but it isn't like the Dreamcast, which is basically half a damn circle. This is very subdued, a slight curve. I don't feel like it's in the way of any of the art, and if it's an exclusive, the only four label is the same as the Game Boy Advances. It's not obtrusive, it looks good, I love it. And then we go to the spine. Why is the GameCube logo on the bottom? An interesting choice for sure. I mean, pretty much every game box I know of has the console's logo on the top, but I'm okay with this change. It's probably because I grew up with the GameCube and I'm used to it, but it doesn't look out of place and is kind of a cool change of pace. But hey, if you prefer your console's logo on the top of the spine, just move to Europe. This looks wrong to me. But then if we look at the Japanese GameCube boxes, man, they were living a completely different life from us. These boxes are tiny. They just have a simple GameCube logo in the corner. There's this slip cover over a translucent case. I mean, no matter what, these things, at the very least, are neat. And hey, we got a taste of them over here. The Game Boy Player Adapter needed a disc to boot up, and that disc came in a Japanese GameCube box, no matter what region you were in. These things are cool, but they're just not as functional as the boxes overseas. The slipcover is the only way you're getting the full cover art, both front and back covers, as well as spines telling you what the hell you're playing. 
Without the slipcover, the manual is here to represent the cover art, but it's behind this super foggy plastic. And obviously this cardboard sleeve is gonna be more susceptible to wear and tear over the years and is more easily losable. While this is neat, I do feel like there were more efficient ways to go about this smaller packaging. That's right, Scott bitched about the Japanese GameCube boxes, nothing's off limit. The original Xbox, just pure Mountain Dew green cases. It's pretty loud, but it fits with the image of Xbox. It's not like a blue case with a large banner and a white spine. I have been furious for the past 20 years. I think the Xbox boxes are what I would have preferred the PS2 boxes to look like. It has personality without being too loud and obnoxious while being functional as all hell. Though I find it odd that on the spine, if the game has Xbox Live Online support, they felt the need to label it as such on the spine. On the front cover, sure, I get that, but why the spine? Thankfully, when the Nintendo DS hit the scene, Nintendo wised up and gave us plastic cases for their handheld games, and this was a big deal to me. This made the DS feel like a home console on the go! Not only did it launch with Super Mario 64, but the games came in DVD-like cases, just like home consoles! And not only that, it had a power button! Not some power switch, it had a button, just like home consoles! That was honestly a really cool thing to me back then. Take it! Cheers! These boxes are great, though. It's interesting Nintendo basically reused the exact same format from the Game Boy Advance boxes, except this time making it white. There's also this ridge thing, so there you have it. Regardless, the DS library was consistent as consistency throughout the years. You put every DS game next to each other and they all look so in line, so perfect unless you bought some European games. Japan's boxes were the exact same as ours. Europe fills an entire room. Look at this, why are these so big? The front template's the exact same. The contents inside are the exact same. Why are these boxes one and a half times bigger than the rest of them? I mean, the translucent style is cool. The side is entirely white with this little triangle at the bottom, which apparently indicates which PAL region this is from exactly. These aren't bad boxes on their own. I just have no idea why they chunked. And of course, the redesigned Nintendo DSi had its own boxes for exclusive games. Who doesn't know that? Yeah, there were only six Nintendo DSi retail games. Some games that had specific DSi features made the hell sure you knew on the box, but these games were only playable on the DSi. These are basically the same cases, though some are white and some are black. The DSi banner is actually just a flat square now. Still a ridge, wouldn't be a DS game without the ridge. And the game card itself is a lighter color. Oh, and the spine. Why did they do that? Why instead of a DSi logo, did they just do the two squares? That just looks stupid. Guys, the DSi boxes are stupid. Karma doesn't exist, Fuck these boxes. Well, Sony entered the portable market with the PSP, so obviously they couldn't use cardboard boxes. They didn't want to look like fucking idiots next to Nintendo. They changed the spine. The PSP boxes are small, thin, and translucent. It shares many elements with the PlayStation 2's box, which makes sense as when the PSP came out, the PS2 was totally relevant. That's something you see a lot. If a company makes a home console in a handheld, many times they'll try to create parity between the box art designs. Doesn't explain why they put a game controller on the banner. It's probably because they released physical movies for the system, UMD video for PSP. Uh, pretty much, this is silver, this is not. That's your way to distinguish what's a movie and what's a game. I mean, it makes sense. You don't want to buy Spider-Man 2 when you meant to buy Spider-Man 2. Halfway through the PSP's life, they changed up the box style. 
This is way more in line with how later PS3 games looked, but for some reason they decided to cut the banner on the spine in half. I'm all for freeing up space for the art, though I don't like it when they do that halfway through a game system's life and thus now my PSP games look weird next to each other. Was that really a request from the PSP fandom? More spine? Changing up the box art template was a major problem during this time. Uh, look no further than the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. The 360 easily was the least defensive of the two. Uh, most 360 games look pretty alright next to each other, but it's just the little things that stick out. The initial run of 360 games had see-through green cases and this design with some thin green stripes. Uh, we see this on the banner and on the spine. Then around 2010, they introduced this new design featuring a large green strip on the banner and a fully white background for the logo on the spine. Of course, if it was a game that required Kinect, we got a purple case and the banner changed slightly, but the spine looks the same. And then around 2013, we have this new one, where the Xbox symbol is slightly different, how dare they? As time went on, they cheaped out with the cases. What once was translucent is now something that's a bit more in line with the original Xbox cases. Also, for games that used multiple discs, if they're just trying to cut costs, they don't even include a flap or something. They do this thing where they just stack the discs. But that wasn't as offensive as when they made three games you could only get at Burger King. They worked on the original Xbox and Xbox 360, so they gave them Xbox 360 cases, but just said Xbox on them remember this. The PlayStation 3 had fun life. We got three different types of box art. This is my hell. So they kind of went back to the PS1 style with this template, the banner on the side. It's not great. This original logo reeks of Spider-Man. It is the Spider-Man font after all. The spine is odd as it's red and the PS3 logo is oriented like this, but they Look at this case. These are a bit annoying as they are completely proprietary to the PlayStation 3. You can't use DVD cases or even Blu-ray cases because these covers won't fit. But the cases do look cool. And the revised PS3 art later on, I think, looks far better. It makes the PS3 games look classy and sophisticated. The Xbox 360 games look like a drink flavor at Taco Bell. Nothing wrong with that, but these just look more premium. But then for some reason, they decide to update it again after the PS4 came out, why? This one has a slightly smaller banner and it's all this bluish color. Okay. I get parity between handhelds and home consoles, but why would you want to make your last generation system look more similar to your current generation one? Don't you want to make it crystal clear which games are for what system? Why would you want to make it more similar like this? This obviously didn't work out as only a few PS3 games featured this style. They did go back to the second revision, cut my year is saved, but there was one more style of PS3 game that was pretty eye-grittingly annoying. PlayStation Move titles. If a game had PlayStation Move support in some way, not even requiring it, just if it had it as an option, there's this giant PlayStation Move bubble on the front and on the spine. This just looks dumb. Again, just like the original Xbox stuff. I get it being on the front, albeit it's very large, but why the spine? Now the Wii. <laughs> the Wii. How I love this system's box art style. The fully white design, white case, and the white spine. The banner is so unique, but it works. I love this template. Why did some companies f*** it up? I mean, when it's a cute big event like New Super Mario Bros. Wii, that was neat to have this fully red box. It sticks out, but kind of in a fun way. When pretty much all of LucasArts titles have a yellow spine for no reason, that's when I've had enough! There are a few games that like to make their spines different for whatever reason. NBA Jam, Twilight Scene, and the Two Horsemen of the Apocalypse. But for the vast majority of the Wii library, 
This looks nice. And then Resident Evil Darkseid Chronicles forgot the Wii logo on its spine, but just don't buy it and you won't have that issue. Also, there were the console pack-in games, games that came bundled in with Wii systems. These were annoyingly in cardboard sleeves. Thankfully, most got full-blown releases in plastic cases, but Link's crossbow training was f***ed from day one. Other regions were pretty much the same, but in Japan, they started giving games aimed towards older players black boxes because sure. The 3DS had very similar style boxes, fully white with a white spine. They differentiated the from DS boxes by, get this, moving the logo to the right. It's not rounded anymore either. These are completely different, are they not? The boxes are also a bit thinner than normal DS boxes, especially if they're from Europe. You could fit a boat in this. I really do like these ones, though the spines, well, they're fine. I don't like how Nintendo constantly flip-flopped between generic fonts and actual logos. It's just weird how some games have just words and others have the actual logos. Now later on, Nintendo released the new 3DS being slightly more powerful. Some games were exclusive to this model, so they needed their own packaging. I have been waiting for this day for years. It's time to bitch about the new 3DS box art. So basically, Nintendo's idea of not confusing consumers is to cover a new side of a square they haven't been to yet. We got left, right? Let's go for the top. These boxes look so awkward. Like the banner is a bit bigger on an already small box, so the artwork looks claustrophobic. And you know, without much video game companies love Evan with the spines of their boxes for no reason, it surprises me how similar new 3DS games look to regular ones. And most 3DS games have this little disclaimer on the box, plays in 2D and 3D, some games only play in 2D. Weirdly enough, not all boxes have this disclaimer. And it's not even random third-party games that don't have it. Some Nintendo-published stuff doesn't have it either. The spines of these boxes have this cute little icon, which I like. Uh, pop the game in the system, and that's the icon on the menu. Oh, that's a dumb attention to detail I enjoy. Now, I'm not a fan of when the icon is just the game's actual logo with its title. It just seems kind of redundant when the title and logo is already on the spine. These may not be perfect boxes. I do have some quarrels with them, but they're pretty good. Until 2017. Oh, Boy, okay, so 2017 was when the Nintendo Switch launched, and Nintendo changed up their branding. They changed to a white Nintendo logo on a red background. A little weird that this is the official logo officially. They decided to change how their published games look on 3DS around then, and every Nintendo published game on 3DS after the Nintendo Switch launched had the Mark of the Beast. What the hell is this? Who thought this looked good? Not only does this clash with the all-white spines, but it looks weird next to any other 3DS game, especially old Nintendo-published ones. Nintendo would always put their logo down here horizontally. Now it's vertical and covered in red. And they made a lot of 3DS games that looked like this. My 3DS library looked pretty great up until when Nintendo started to do this, and my entire life was fine until Nintendo started to do this. The Wii U library. Okay. This is my bread and butter. This is a fun one. Wii U games combined the Wii, GameCube, 3DS, and whatever other shapes were in Nintendo's mind at the time. So the front, okay, thanks. This is the same as the GameCube template. It's the exact same. I love the GameCube art, but not because it's blue and yellow, because it's not. I remember cheap fan-made Wii U box art renders that were literally just the Wii template but flipped around. I think the official Darksiders 2 Amazon page used that for a second even. But then this was revealed when Assassin's Creed 3 blew its load and updated its store page with this box art and... and man, I've never been the same since. So I'm fine with the blue and white look, but... Why a yellow trim? Why not make that trim white or make the header white and make the trim blue? Why this? The Wii U discard has a header that looks like this. Why doesn't the box do this too? And why mimic the GameCube's box art design? Bless the GameCube's heart, but it was one of Nintendo's worst performing consoles at the time. So what do you do? You replicate its box art? 
I'm not saying this is why the Wii U failed, but they were kind of asking for it at this point. The spine has a ridge from the header extend over, which is cute, but it looks kind of off when you have a bunch of Wii U games together. Especially since a lot of the covers aren't going to be 100% aligned perfectly, you know, they shift around a bit in that case. So games will always look off-centered when a bunch are on the shelf. The same icon style from the 3DS is used, and the actual game titles, I have the exact same problem I did with 3DS games. And then a few games had some odd quirks. Now, similar to the Wii, in Japan, more mature-oriented titles were given a black case with a darker Wii U logo. For some reason, here in North America, two Wii U games used a black spine and nothing more, Resident Evil Revelations and Deus Ex Human Revolution. No other games did this. They're both from different publishers, and while they're both mature-rated games, they weren't the first or last mature games on Wii U. So what, did they want to do something like what they did in Japan and give mature games a black case but gave up after these games, or did both of these games randomly want to use a black spine for no reason? Star Fox Guard has a cream-colored spine I haven't graduated yet because I can't finish this essay. New Super Luigi U has a green case with green Wii U artwork and like New Super Mario Brothers, we am cool with this. It's more of a fun little event than an annoyance. But then Wii Sports Club forgot the blue ridge at the top. That is the definition of not a fun little event. European Wii U games had a blue spine, but it was white where the Wii U logo is. I may have found my least favorite thing. The PS Vita cases. These are adorable. They're so small, I question if these things should even exist. I love when we get custom-sized boxes like this. Seriously, you don't see plastic cases the size of this for anything else. It's great. We have a blue-styled banner and spine. Very basic, but effective. And this was what would eventually be the standard for the PlayStation 4. These are pretty good-looking boxes, I'm not gonna lie. Very basic, but they didn't change it up too much. It just looks good when a bunch of PS4 games are together. There is this big-ass PlayStation VR logo on the spine if the game supports PSVR. Not even requires it, much like PlayStation Move games on PS3. Why does this need to be on the spine? And why do some games that even heavily use the PSVR not have this sometimes? The initial releases of Resident Evil 7 didn't have this on the spine, but it did on the cover. Also, another complaint, PS4 game cases are disappointingly fragile. I've seen so many with chunks taken out of the sides, it's really lame. But you know what isn't really lame? The Xbox One cases. I have officially lied once today. So the concept of these are pretty neat. Let's make the banner a part of the actual case. Much like the PS3 cases, this makes it much harder to just buy cheap replacement cases, but they do look kind of cool. My problem with them though, the fact the logo is painted on means it's more likely the banner is going to look slightly off. It may not be colored properly, the paint may chip off. It's a cool idea to have the banner not be a part of the artwork but it doesn't really affect things much. Especially when they end up putting an Xbox One banner on the bottom of some games anyway, so I don't really understand the reason for either one of these things at this point. The spine is fully gray with a logo, uh, sure. And why is the disc on the left side of the packaging? How have we never gotten answers for this? Microsoft's done tons of different things with the Xbox One cases, mainly different styles of telling people why they should buy an Xbox One, but also re-releasing Xbox 360 games that are backwards compatible with the Xbox One. So many 360 games got re-released in Xbox One-like cases, but these aren't specifically Xbox One cases, they're Xbox cases, like from Burger King. These are simply 360 games. They aren't remastered versions on an Xbox One disc. They'll still work on a normal 360, but also play on an Xbox One because they are literally the Xbox 360 discs. They have two logos on the banner and on the side, they just say Xbox. Sometimes the disc says Xbox One and Xbox 360 and other times it's just the original Xbox 360 disc. My thing with these is, where do I put them? Do I put them with the Xbox One games or do I put them with the 360 games? They're literally just 360 games. They just reprinted them with modern Xbox branding 
they initially didn't put all of them in Xbox One cases. Here's Fallout 3, my eyes. So you're gonna use a 360 sized case, but design the packaging to look like an Xbox One's. This fits nothing. You put this with your 360 games, this looks stupid. You put this with your Xbox One games, this looks stupid. They actually re-released this game in the normal Xbox One packaging, which looks way better, and I'll be 100% honest here. These are cool little oddities. Like, these may not be remastered Xbox 360 games for the Xbox One, but it's still cool to see them in an Xbox One-style case. But I feel this packaging may be a bit misleading, and many may assume these are remastered Xbox One versions of 360 games. I mean, look here. Rayman Legends released for Xbox One, but it also came out on 360, so they decided to re-release Rayman Legends for 360 in an Xbox One case. The 360 version runs on Xbox One, but it's officially not the Xbox One version, confused? These are different versions. I like some of the ideas with the Xbox One cases, but overall, this is a mess. Well, we've officially trudged over to the Nintendo Switch. These boxes are so neat. They're like the PSP boxes, but thinner and beat red. It seems that Nintendo has finally taken the Japanese template style of a simple logo in the corner and standardized it across all regions. It may not be the most exciting, but it's easy to identify. It fits the rest of the Switch branding, and it leaves more room for the art to stretch its legs. The spines are completely red, with a small Switch logo standardized font in the name of the publisher. I like these. Over everything being red and having the same font makes it harder to identify certain games from far away. Like with the PS4, it's pretty easy from this distance to see which game or which, uh, Switch, you almost need to be right next to them. I can appreciate the consistency, but being too consistent does make things harder to distinguish. As cool as a bunch of Switch games look together, I still prefer the PS4 style, personally. Also, that standardized font apparently isn't a requirement. A small handful of publishers use their own logo or font, and my god is it putrid. Come on guys, just use the standard Switch font. Why does Super Bomberman R and Binding of Isaac need to use their own dumb font? Why did Battle for Bikini Bottom use a different font? It's not even SpongeBob related. They just used a different font to use a different font. That takes more work. If you're gonna do this, at least go out with a bang like the other ones I showed. This is just a generic font. Why not just use the regular Switch font? Nintendo Labo games have black spines, which I'm fine with. They're such unique titles in the library. I think it's cool to separate them like this. And European games are pretty much the same, but the title on the spine is centered and uses a different font. Because Europe wouldn't be the same without that. Now the PlayStation 5 packaging is stupid. I've become more accepting of it over time, but it feels weak. It's the same as the PS4s, but with a white banner instead. It uses a blue case, which I get why. The PS5 is white with a blue light, but I think it would have looked better to make it a fully white case, or a black case, or a clear plastic case, and then represent the blue by making that the color of the line at the bottom of the banner. It works, but using a blue case feels like they're just using old PS4 game case stock, and the overall design... I'm just not crazy about it. And the Xbox cases look the damn same. They just say Xbox now, woo. Oh, I finally shut off my hospital gown. I'm cured. And all it took was doing Dear God anything but playing video games. The box art template and game packaging as a whole is just flat out interesting to me. And while I went on and on and even on about how consistency is key here, it's almost beautiful how consistently inconsistent these things are. It keeps things interesting, and if everything was perfect, well, I don't know what I would have done for the past 45 minutes. But spending your time wisely is important, and apparently doing this was all for the better of society. Karma does exist, and it cured me by talking about game packaging. So apparently, it loves when you talk about game packaging. As long as you don't talk shit on the DSi boxes.